0: learn enough about the faith, but I had less free time than ever, especially with a long commute. That's when I discovered the real value of Catholic audio. Listening to cassette tapes transformed my daily commute into a miniature retreat. And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app, I know how listening to Catholic audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the
1: gospel with clarity and charity.
0: Terry and Jesse show, here's where we stand up, stand up, stand up for Jesus with our lives, with our lips, and with our love. Amen. Yep, this is the radio station where Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, King, and God. And this is the radio station where the Virgin Mary is our Queen Mother and the Virgin Most Powerful. Terry,
1: I'm reporting for duty. What about you? Me too, Jess. Reporting for duty, man. You know, in college, you usually get three or four credits for a class. Today, Jess, uh, they say for difficult classes, it's five units. Well, this is five units, and I'll tell you why, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) No, because look, we're going to be talking about the disconnect, you know, the real story behind the gender explosion. This is good stuff. And then the one I really like also is we're going to talk about the music at mass may be harmful to your soul. I've been Mm -hmm. saying this for 40 years, and let's talk about that. And then the one I really think we'll end with is the problem of evil. Jess, this has been one topic... That is a fascinating topic, and Catholics need to know that we have answers on this topic. So, yeah, five units for today, Jess.
0: Yeah, because this is exactly where the secular humanists and the atheists go to. That's right. If you worship a loving God, then why is there so much evil? They've been using this question for 2,000 years. Yep. So we need to keep repeating the answer over and over and over again.
1: And Jesse, we have a lot to cover. So I'm going to get you to get the uh, good news of the gospel. We call it soul food, man. We yeah. got a packed show today.
0: Yeah. Let me just mention some sure. some uh, need to know items and I'll just Absolutely. jump right into the soul food. You bet. So here's one of the need to know items. Scientists from Harvard and John Hopkins found COVID-19's vaccines. Ninety eight times worse than the virus. Is this let me check up the microphone? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, is this microphone on that? That's a good to know file okay. information. Oh my god.
0: If if this doesn't cause all the universities worldwide to drop the vaccine mandates, I don't know what will. Yeah. It should also shatter confidence in the Center for Disease Control, these liars, and cause investigations to take place immediately, but don't hold your breath. Heck, Bill Gates said that 10 years ago, uh, he would depopulate through vaccination. Guess, uh, I guess his plans are working just oh, yeah. exactly like he said. Next item. Yeah, The FBI is accused of manufacturing terrorism threats. Yep. Representative Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, the ranking Republican on the House Judiciary Committee, reported that a whistleblower has accused the FBI of miscategorizing case files in order to create an illusion of a new violent extremism crisis emerging throughout the U.S. Hmm. Most of the cases labeled as extremism by the FBI are simply pulled from the January 6th riot and do not indicate any widespread domestic threat the whistleblower claimed. Incredible. Next, Democrats gang up on pregnancy centers. Seven Senate, Democrat, Senate Democrats, led by Elizabeth Warren... Democrat from Maine or Massachusetts are pressing the country's largest network of pregnancy resource centers to disclose what type of sensitive health information the organization gathers from its patients. The Democrats claimed in a letter to Heartbeat International that they were concerned that the false and misleading tactics of its affiliates could expose women to prosecution under pro-life laws. The move comes after Elizabeth Warren accused pro-life women women's fist clinics of torturing women and called for a crackdown on them. And finally, Catholic leaders oppose human composting law. What's going on in California? Good. California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom on Sunday signed into law a bill that would allow Californians... I uh, know. <laughs> I can't. I can't well, even believe I'm reading this. It's true to have their bodies composted after they die. Yeah, the state's Catholic bishops oppose the measure. Uh, oppose the me- measure. That. Thanks be to God. And church authorities have regularly weighed in on this issue, as well as the related issues concerning cremation. So, apparently, Newsom wants to allow people to compost their bodies and then use it literally as fertilizer over in a bush or in a tree or somewhere in the park or somewhere in the or whatever. Yeah, Terry.
1: Jess, you know, we're the fifth state to do this. But again, we we have two funerals going on today here at our chapel. I say this because the world is so uh, lost. We have a 14-year-old girl who died of overdose, okay, sentinel. Then we have yesterday a funeral with a young man that got shot to death here in Southern California two days before his wedding. Uh, You know, the world, everybody knows things are bad, Jesse. That's why I want to get to you know, our soul food, because the gospel is what liberates us all. But we've got to get this into people's hands, Jess.
0: Yes, sir. So let's do it. Today's gospel on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Yep. Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verse
1: 7 and 9. Yep.
0: Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was greatly perplexed because some were saying, John has been raised from the dead. Others were saying, Elijah has appeared. Still others, one of the ancient prophets has arisen. But Herod said, John, I beheaded. Who then is this about whom I hear such things? And he kept trying to see him, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, it goes to even the enemies of Christ were fascinated with the uniqueness of Christ. Oh, yeah. And and King Herod knew that there was something different about Jesus. Just to be in his presence, yep. people knew there was something different about Jesus. Let me give you a little bio of Jesus, just to show you the uniqueness <laughs> of Christ. Yeah, Nobody on planet Earth has ever been pre-announced but for the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, check. Check that off. Number two, when you compare Jesus' teachings compared to any other teacher... Even over at Hebrew University, the, the Jewish professors say at Hebrew University right now, they say, Jesus Christ was the greatest teacher that ever walked the face of the earth. Now, these teachers, the, these professors at Hebrew University say, we're not Christian. We're just talking about listening, reading the, the Gospels and comparing him to Socrates and Plato and, and, uh, and, and all the other wise sages. Nobody taught like Jesus. They call him the master teacher. What else do we know about Christ? He performed thirty-six miracles, but he performed many, many more than that. What's that? He defied the law of physics, the law of gravity, the law of nature. He suspended. He walked on water. What he did, nobody else can do. He also performed twenty-seven exorcisms. Yep. Which uh, he had. He had total power every time he encountered a demon. And finally, Jesus Christ. He said, destroy this body, and in three days I will raise it up. People probably laugh. What are you talking about? We're going to kill you, and you're going to stay dead. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ did exactly what he predicted and prophesied. Three days after he was killed, he rose from the dead of his own power. This is why people like King Herod the Tetrarch and many others for the last 2,000 years have been fascinated by the uniqueness of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.
1: Well said, Jess. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Full Sheen ahead. This quote, Jesse, should give us our marching orders by Bishop Sheen because he's quoting scripture. Yep, This, this principle. Truth never appeals to us unless it is personal. What Jesse just did about saying, hey, when you die, no, it's not over. It's just beginning. For all eternity, your soul lives on, either in two places, heaven or hell. See, that truth made it very personal to each person. But what's happening, Jess, we've got a government who wants to put our bodies to use even after death by putting it as fertilizer. You get it? Yeah, yeah. But you know what's our truth? Our truth is what Jesus just said. What uh, Jesse just pointed out, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. And we got to make it personal to you, our listener, to your sisters, to your brothers, your sisters, to the whole world that Jesus Christ makes a difference no one else can make because he's unique, as Jesse just said. Your thoughts, Jess?
0: Yeah, Terry. Uh, hey, that's it. Uh, yeah. There's three, thi- there, there's three things that we know about Jesus Christ from the New Testament data. Yep. And number one is Christ has died. You can check that one off. Christ is risen. You can check that one off. hmm And Christ will come again. That's the only thing that we're waiting for. The second coming of Christ. Of the three things that the New Testament talks about, Jesus Christ has fulfilled two. The last thing we're waiting for is the third one. And you know, Terry, Pope Benedict, he he said, if we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing,
1: nothing. Absolutely Correct. nothing. Well said. And just this is why it's so important here at VMPR. That's what we do every single day is we give people the world Jesus Christ teachings. And it's not compromised. There's no compromise here. Jesus Christ is true God, true man. We, we say it all. Why? Because this little catechism I keep referring to People, get yourself a copy of the Catechism. There would be no ambiguity, no matter who—from the Pope to the bishops, to priests, to deacons, lay people—you can check on their orthodoxy. In other words, what they say is consistent to the perennial teachings of the Church, yeah. and that's what Jess and I have been trying to do. Bishop Snyder, excuse me, Bishop Snyder, yeah, Bishop Joseph Strickland, who we who we have every week on the air, constantly says. It's the truth that sets us free, because that's a biblical mm-hmm. teaching. Jess, we have a special uh, show, a special clip to show when we come back about a disconnected, the real story behind the gender explosion. You're seeing more and more people who have had uh, sex changes regret them, and I think Don Johnson, who I'm going to be having in on Monday to do some recording with us, he's a Catholic convert, and he's doing a great job putting together movies that fight the culture that the culture of death with the culture of truth and when we come back we'll play a a clip from his movie the disconnected from the real story behind gender explosion and we'll have more on the terry and jesse show stay with us check us out on our website vmpr.org for all the other shows that we have here on our network stay with us family we'll be right back after a quick
2: break Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: The real story about gender explosion. We want to play a short, it's, it's less than four minutes. It's a short clip. And then we want to talk about the dangers of this gender, transgender ideology. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip?
2: I was told that people who have gender dysphoria need to transition. Like, they can't survive without transitioning. And where I made a grave error was thinking that I needed to change my body. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. On the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere, simply everywhere, simply everywhere, simply, 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 simply everywhere, simply everywhere. Parents are terrified to take their children to the doctor. I see this all the time in parenting groups. They say, My child has anorexia, my child is self cutting, my child threatens suicide where can i take my child for help you take the child to the emergency room the emergency room's going to move them toward transition and if you don't agree as a parent you're going to get cut out of the equation
1: if you are a
0: licensed medical professional and you have a girl who doesn't feel comfortable being a girl identifying as a girl living as a girl and you help her feel comfortable being a girl that's considered conversion but if you give that girl testosterone if you performative a mastectomy on that girl, if you convert her into a boy, that's considered affirmation, right? It's totally Orwellian language.
2: I went cold and I started shaking and I thought, I must be misreading this because it sounds like they're trying to ban the kind of therapy that helped me. It was so hard for me to recognize and see that it's my profession that's hurting children. At this point, I would tell parents that they should not have their kids in public education because there's too much going on behind parents' backs.
0: How are you going to heal a wounded heart by operating on people's genitals? And yet, my profession fully embraced that now. This is the one condition in the whole world where where we let a child self-diagnose themselves as being the opposite sex and just go along with whatever they want. What's the point of these endocrinologists going to school for eight years to become a specialist doctor when they just listen to a 10-year-old that walks into their office?
1: Treating them with hormones and surgery doesn't fix a broken identity.
0: I was in worse condition than when I initially started. I had more problems
2: seven years down the road than I had when I first transitioned. The present stage of the sexual revolution amounts to a
0: vast intergenerational science experiment.
2: I mean, essentially, in a nutshell, is a kind of a a war with reality.
0: So much of this movement, the trans movement, is. It doesn't want to recognize the obvious limits to humanity. We want to be God to form our body in our image and make it how we want it to be. In the old world God was the hero, the creator, the one who created us with a nature to which we had to conform ourselves in order to flourish. The modern narrative is really one where Satan is the hero.
2: We live in an age where the body itself has become very depersonalized and objectified.
1: And this is really
2: death-dealing,
1: indeed the very
2: definition of
1: death, is the
0: separation of the body and the soul. I wish I could just like very harshly
2: say to my young pre-testosterone but trans-identifying self like don't do any of this, don't go on T, don't get surgery, don't even change your name, like just, just stop.
0: Don Johnson, yep, John, Don Johnson Media.com. Don Johnson Media.com. He's a Catholic, by the way. He's convert. the one that, yeah, he's a convert to the Catholic faith. He's uh, come out with this video, this film called Disconnected D Y S, then the word connected. It's the real story behind the transgender explosion. He talks about it from the perspective of people who have done this to their body, from people's family lives, been destroyed from reality. Over the past few years, a transgender tsunami has swept the nation, especially amongst young girls. Well, what's going on? How did it come to this? Or who or what is behind it? Filmmaker Don Johnson traveled the country to find out. And so this is a film to make sense of all this and to provide a way out. Don Johnson has been traveling the country talking about this issue with people from all walks of life, parents, teachers, doctors, therapists, pastors, professors, and transitioners of all kind. The story that he uncovers will shock you, anger you, and sadden you, but it will give you hope that we can turn this ship around. Uh, And he features stories from, uh, you know, people from coast to coast. If you want to, if you want to get resources and, and help extend this film's impact at the same time, uh, you can go to again DonJohnsonMedia.com. Yep. Uh, th- they're taking donations to help finish post production. Uh, you could also get a digital download, a DVD, a Blu-ray copy of Disconnected when it comes out later on this year, and of course they want to provide this to as many. Uh, <clears throat> to as many families and communities as possible because the transgender phenomenon is tearing people apart. And uh, and uh, by going to this website and donating, you can help get the word out and distribute the movie to as uh, wide an audience as possible. Again, there's gifts of uh, various sizes, but uh, Terry, I think he's done a great service he has. He to, has. to society, yeah. uh, to the culture, and to also Holy Mother the Church.
1: And not only that, he's got other movies there too, fighting the culture of death with the truth of the gospel. Um, One of the interesting things on LifeSite News, they have a young lady who regretted her transition, and it's about a 15-minute interview with this girl. So go to LifeSite News. There's another resource for you to see on that. But the big thing I want to bring up also is that there's an explosive report revealing that Vanderbilt... Promoted transgender surgeries mm. to make huge money. Remember how we yeah. say follow the money, Jess? This transgender, mm. you know, type of of uh, trans of uh, operations, it's making a killing financially. This is the you know Vanderbilt University Medical Center promoting this uh, gender transition for minors. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And on Tuesday, Walsh published a Twitter thread highlighting his findings about the Vanderbilt transgender clinic in Nashville that has seen children as young as age 13. And the details of this were compiled and elaborated upon the Daily Wire report. Jesse, this is out of control. And you know, it reminds me of people doing everything for money. You know, they act like, oh, it's like, I mean, this is a bad analogy, but let's just say you have a church and the guy comes up to you and says, hey, uh, I need a funeral for my dog. And... uh, the catholic priest says hey uh we don't do funerals for dogs and uh the guy says well this dog wanted to leave you a hundred thousand dollars to the church that would do the funeral and the priest says back well why didn't you tell me he was catholic we'll we'll bury him we'll give a funeral full funeral for him the point i'm trying to convey is i bet twenty dollars they could care less about these kids getting transgender sex trains it's the money, man. Follow the money on this whole issue, in my opinion. That's my take on it.
0: I also think, Terry, that if Go we don't ahead. watch it, this whole transgender ideology, oh, yeah. it could spark the worst type of religious persecution in modern oh, times. Oh, I'll yes. tell you why. Why, Jess? Because it's the government imposing themselves upon small children, even beyond uh, their parents' permission. yes. So this whole transgender ideology is, again, it's a secular humanist. Yep. It's a godless ideology. That's right. And, and and those who oppose it, like you and I, yep. well, all they big. do is they, they try to shame us. Yeah. They try to demonize, d- demonize, demonize us. Sure. But uh, this whole transgender ideology, Terry, this is it has all the affectations of a false religion. Why? I'll tell you why. Because it obligates our children to attend sensitivity training and gender indoctrination in public schools. Yes. And guess what? Anybody who cheers the transgender movement, whether they know it or not, they are they are de facto servants of this new godless religion that glorifies Satan. Why? Because Satan is glorified by lies. He's He's glorified by deception and falsehood. The whole trans movement it operates just like a religion.
1: And Jesse, I want to say that it's demonic, and let me give you my reason, and then you correct me if I'm missing it. The devil likes to do things in reversal. In other words, he has a black mass. He does it the opposite of what the mass would obviously be. He likes homosexuality in the sense that it, it has people do a reversal of sex. You have two of the same sexes having sex. That's reversal. The same thing. We have people who are made in the image and likeness of God as a male or a female and what do they do? They change it. To me, that's demonic. Am I onto something?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because the Bible says in Revelation chapter twelve verse nine, it says the huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who's called the devil and Satan, mm-hmm. who deceived. There you go. The whole world. Did you catch that? Yes, I did. What does Satan do? Deceive the whole world, and he's deceiving. been using. Yeah. He's been using the medical community, Terry, very powerfully in the last couple of years. Yeah. We also see in 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, John the Apostle warns us. He mm-hmm. says, quote, many deceivers have gone out into the world. Right. Ah, in our day and age, we have these transgender deceivers. We have this COVID-19 deceivers. Right. We have these vax deceivers. Yep. We have these communist deceivers. The Bible warns us that many deceivers have gone out into the world and the Bible also tells us, again, that there are some teachings that come from Satan. Yeah. There are some, teaching, obvious, some teachings that come from Christ. And those teachings that come from the Catholic Church, the one true church, they've come from Christ. But whatever is opposed to the teachings of the Catholic Church, it comes from Satan. Look what St. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. expressly says... That in latter times, some will depart from the faith. That's the Catholic faith. Yep. By giving heed, and then there's by listening, to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Yep. Close quote. Yep. Anybody that get, lends their ear to this whole transgender ideology, you are lending your ear to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons.
1: Yes, and one of our listeners just typed me in. Yes, yeah, Satan is counterfeit. You get it? Yeah. He's a he's, he's a deceiver from the very beginning. He's a liar. See, and this is why, Jesse, it's the truth that sets us free. Again, why are we continually going? We had Bishop Sheen here today talk about, you know, the truth, make it personal. We have to tell these young people and everyone that you are made in the image and likeness of God. If God stopped thinking about you, you'd cease to exist. They need to know that, Jess.
0: Yeah, and, the, and you were made, uh, you know, every single part of your body was made by God. That's right. Uh, and God doesn't make junk.
1: Amen, brother.
0: And so, uh, and, and just remember, at, when it's all said and done at, at the eschaton, yeah. at the second coming of Christ, you know, some people say, well, I don't like my dimples. Oh, I don't, I don't like the scar for my surgery. I don't <laughs> like this, that, and either. Well, guess what? It's all there, baby. When when <laughs> at the general judgment, when you receive your new body. I love it. All those scars from your surgeries, those dimples, and all these other things that you don't like, guess what? They're going to be gone.
1: You're going to have a perfect body. When we come back, I told you it's a five-unit course today. A warning, music at mass may be harmful to your soul. Find out what we mean by that.
2: Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Warning, the music at Mass may be harmful to your soul. This is written by a good friend of my father, John Perricone. He's an East Coast Catholic priest, philosopher, theologian. He's a traditional priest. Uh, He says, Only the most myopic would deny that a kind of mushroom cloud has covered the Catholic Church for the past half century. Yep, since 1965. A small but quite insignificant part of that spiritual nuclear winter has been the profound collapse of sacred music. That's why Father Fesu started Adoramos, by the way. Votaries of the spirit of Vatican II, and today's The New Paradigm, they knew well the power of music and liturgy. If their reimagining of Christianity was to settle its roots deeply in the souls of Catholics, music was the key. They learned well the perennial wisdom of Plato when he, when he wrote in the Republic, quote, Musical training is a more potent instrument than any other because rhythm and harmony find their way into the inward places of the soul. Did you catch that? Rhythm and harmony find their way into the inward places of the soul. That's the power of music. Aristotle, he writes in the politics, he writes, quote, Emotions of any kind are produced by melody and rhythm. Therefore, by music a man becomes accustomed to feeling the right emotions. Music has thus the power to form character, and various kinds of music based on the various modes may be distinguished by their effects on character. One, for example, working in the direction of melancholy, another of effeminacy, one encouraging abandonment, another self control, another enthusiasm, and so on through the series. Almost 800 years later, Bothius echoed these great giants of natural wisdom when he wrote, Music can both establish and destroy morality. For no path is more open to the soul for the formation thereof man through the ears. That's why St. John Vianney said that the demon comes into us through our five senses. Added to these, they observed the great success that Arius, the heretic, enjoyed in winning the masses of Catholics by composing hymns. Whole populations found themselves praising the Arian Christ, who was no longer God, but only like God. And Stevedorus sang these Arian hymns as they loaded cargo on ships anchored in the harbors of Alexandria, Carthage, or Thessalonica. In this way, Arius of Alexandria, the heretic poisonous heresy, swept over 4th century Catholicism like a mighty tidal wave. How did he do that? By teaching people heretical songs. Teaching people heretical songs made them embrace heresy. So swift was the heretical deluge that it prompted the now famous, albeit terrifying, lament of St. Jerome who said, quote, the world awoke and found itself Aryan. Close quote. For all these reasons, we could justifiably add to the venerable theological axiom lex orandi, lex credendi. The way one prays is the way one uh, believes. A new one we could act says lex cantandi, lex credendi. In other words, we begin to believe the way we sing. That's brilliant. When Catholics in a typical parish are served lounge music instead of sacred music, their souls suffer a kind of dry rot. Yep. They experience not the fear and trembling of Calvary, but only the wispy breezes of the musical theater. This is no longer religion, but vaudeville. (laughs) Worse still, when the music descends to mimicking the rock concert, the soul undergoes a proportionate excitation and not to divine things. If a Catholic denies traditional music or the Catholic denied traditional music is not allowed to be struck to the deaths by the likes of, quote, let all mortal flesh keep silent or Frank's Pinus Angelicus. Yes. Then he's left to be drawn beneath the indulgent waves of sentimentality. The former hymns steal the soul for supernatural contest, the latter for mindless self absorption.
1: Jesse, let me just jump in and give everybody a song that everybody's heard in a Catholic Church that does not communicate Catholic doctrine. Jesus is in the bread and the wine. Hmm. We all sung that song. It's not right. Jesus is under the appearance of bread and wine. But you see how these words can miss? Then you wonder why so few Catholics understand the real presence of Christ. But sacred music is indispensable instrument of the Holy Spirit in leading souls into their march towards heaven. That statement is power. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a gravity of solemnity wrapped in the stunning beauty that only music can offer. You know, just because we have the Anglican ordinariate <clears throat> mass here at our chapel, they were high Anglicans, all the traditional songs they sing every Sunday. We never get the mundane, it's always the supernatural. It's always music that leads us to heaven. And I'm telling you, we need to evaluate what's taken place in the last fifty years in Catholic churches where we brought secular music in a sacred spot. It doesn't fit.
0: And Terry, I'll tell you some Come of me, the brother. big some of the big names since nineteen sixty five is uh Dan Shute from OCP. Big time. He's the homosexual by the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. You also have an, uh, David Haas. He's oh, yeah. composed dozens, if not over a hundred. Uh, uh, he writes for GIA. That's another prominent Catholic liturgical press. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, very pro-homosexual. You can see him on, on his social media. Totally pro-homosexual, if not one himself.
1: Yes, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, and, and also there's another one. Mm-hmm. Tell me. You've probably heard of Marty Hagen.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay? They're all big.
0: Dozens, guys. dozens of his music's has been played since since the Second Vatican Council up to the very present. Guess what? Marty Hagen is a Lutheran who converted to the member of the United Church of Christ. He's never been Catholic, yet he directed music at a Catholic parish for decades, and much of the music used in the Catholic OCP and GIA uh, liturgical press, it's music by this Protestant yeah. Who's never been Catholic and again, this is the music that we've been cutting our teeth on since nineteen sixty five. A Protestant Marty Hogan and two homosexuals, well Dan shoots a homosexual and David Haas is pro homosexual. This is a scandalous Terry yes it
1: is, Jesse, continue on this article because we're going to talk about Arianism and how that was promoted. Through I just music. Yeah, I just I
0: just went through that you right did that you okay because I yeah.
1: believe it or not, folks, I was out for a minute. I've got two funerals going on today, so they I'm trying to buy locate. Jess, yeah, it's important because looking at music in general, our sacred music, particularly, we see two principles of work. What are those two principles, Jess
0: one has to do with simply being human, the other yep. with being a Catholic yep. Both reasons go directly to the soul of man and, ha- and his civilization. For those who think narrowly, music in, in, in church is a kind of mood setter, yeah. cute but irrelevant. An ampler mind recognizes that music like acts like an earthquake upon the soul, unleashing powerful forces yep. for good right. or ill. Yep. On a purely natural level, music is the sheen that gl- glistens over life's quotidian dreariness Mm -hmm. it is a part of beauty without beauty man's life becomes flat and self-absorbed music lifts man's soul out of its prosaic circumstance and sends it soaring to heights it would not know without it or depths music power so potent that it can arouse passions able to perform heroic actions or debased ones almost 20 years ago the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey decided to play only soft classical this music is awesome. <laughs> throughout its Manhattan bus that. depot Yep. because psychologists had proven it would lower crime. Yep. On the other hand, nightclub owners know how to play loud percussive music, picking the passions and producing the emotional abandon that sells liquor and facilitates sexual license. Yep. No human heart is is exempt from racing to the stanzas of the Battle Hymn of the Republic or or any march of Philip, John Philip Sousa. Music has its own grammar and vocabulary. Differences of language, age and race cannot impede its impact. Once again, such an impact was duly noted by Plato in the Republic. That's right. He he teaches. Book three. No change. No change can be made in styles of music. Without affecting the most important conventions of society. Yep. It was exactly for this reason that he forbade music in his Republic. As Michael Linton expre- express- expresses, Plato spoke brilliantly to his, to his subject when he taught that music does not merely depict qualities and emotional states, but embodies them. A performer singing or a hearer listening about the rage of Achilles. For instance, would not only be depicting the emotional states of anger and violence, and the personal qualities of Homer's hero, but he
1: would be experiencing those things himself. You got it, Jesse. We're gonna we're gonna continue on, and as you said, we're gonna cover can the existence of evil uh, disprove God's existence for tomorrow. But I want to remind everybody, Plato's Republic, Book Three and Ten. Explain all of this. And this is so important because, again, we want sacred music. It's a sacred mass. This is not a mundane mass. No, when we worship God, we want the best. And this is why it's important for us to understand sacred music, what's benign and what's sacred. And and we've got some quotes from the popes that are very important about Gregorian chant. This is such a high information uh, segment. We're going to go a second segment with it because it's so important. Again, can you share this with your friends, our listeners? Take this program from our podcast and just link it with other friends, because people don't hear this normally on Catholic Radio. I don't think I've heard this explained on Catholic Radio. I don't know about you. So this is important for us, and we do it here at vmpr.org. Why? Because we love you, and we want the way you worship is the way you believe, but what music you listen to is, I can tell you who you are. So sacred music is very important to have in one's life, especially when it comes to the worship of God. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're two evangelical Catholics with PhDs in common sense. And common sense ain't that common today, is it? Well, here it is. Stay with us, family. You'll hear more. This is a high-information segment on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We're talking about sacred music. In 1570, Francis Charles the Ninth created the Academy uh, of Poetic Music. In his letters to the king, he declared the following, quote, It is of great importance for the morals of the citizens of a town that the music current in the country should be kept under certain laws, all the more so because men conform themselves to music and regulate their behavior accordingly, so that whenever music is disordered, morals are also depraved, and wherever and whenever it is well ordered, men are well tutored. This, this is this
1: is this is old time natural law. Of course it is. And you know, Jesse says music is not only integral to the full human life, but it possesses the power to shape human life. Now, though Plato expresses it with philosophical broil. Each one of us already knows this. One need only to consult your own experience. And Jess, we're going to be quoting some of the holy fathers in, pre, in the previous century that knew this exactly, and they were very firm about putting good, only sacred music in. Can please continue, Jess? Yeah.
0: Again. Um, yeah. This thus sacred music builds civilization and ennobles character. It yeah. does. It does, however, even more. Yeah. When music is composed to honor the Blessed Trinity at Holy Mass, it is called sacred. That's right. Under that purpose, music consummates its highest end. It not only brings man to the heights of beauty, it brings man to beauty itself. Amen. Almighty God, man is never so intoxicated that when he's surrounded by sacred music. This music transforms him and pierces man's soul to the core of his being. Often it produces a contrition so profound that a man's life can take a wholly different course. St. Augustine attests to this in, in book number nine of the Confessions. He says, How I wept to hear your hymns and songs, deeply moved by the voices of your sweetly singing church. Their voices penetrated my ears, and with them, truth found its way into my heart. My frozen feeling for God began to thaw, tears flowed,
1: and I experienced joy. And relief. Here's the meat of the show. The article, Jess. This, you go ahead, Jesse, because this is this is gold right here.
0: On these grounds, Mother Church has encouraged the most exic- exquisite, exquisite sacred music mm-hmm. known to man. Yep. Not only that, she has felt it her grave obligation to protect it. Amen. The stakes cannot be higher. Man's soul hangs in the balance. If the music is wrong, That's right. the teaching of the church will be wrong. Well said. And men will go wrong. With proving that again, this is remember what Arius did yes. with his uh, sure with his music uh, exhibit, A. singing that Jesus Christ was not God. Yep, and it worked. He sure did. Uh, Jerome said that eighty percent of the world was Aryan. So it is in that. So it is. It is that in this century, the popes have devoted such energy, in defining and carefully regulating the conduct of sacred music. They also appreciated the corrupting forces in the last hundred years, militating against the dogmatic truth and trumpeting sentimentalized subjectivism. Yeah, that's
1: That's exactly what we have right now, Jesse. Yeah,
0: sentimentalism. Yep. Yes. It was this awareness that clearly inspired Pope St. Pius X. God love him. to promulgate Mm -hmm. his masterpiece on sacred music. It's called Trolle Selectiduni, whose 100th anniversary... Pope John Paul II honored with an appropriate tribute. As he should. In that document, Pope St. Pius X taught that the three properties of sacred music are... Here they come. Universality. Yep. Goodness of form. And holiness.
1: Can you repeat that? That is gold right there. That's
0: the the Gorian champ. The the three properties of sacred music are universality. That's right. Goodness of form. And holiness. Yep. He declared that these properties are perfectly fulfilled in the Gregorian chant of the church. They also became the paradigm of all sacred music. They raise it above the idiosyncratic and cultural forms, possesses the high marks of the grand music of the ages, goodness of form, and excites
1: in souls a hunger for God. That's holiness. And Jesse, this next paragraph says it all. Pope St. Pius X teaches... The church has consistently condemned everything that's frivolous, vulgar, and trivial, and ridiculous in sacred music, everything profane, theatrical, theatrical, both in the form of the compositions and in the manner with which they are executed by the musicians. See, this is what we want to have implemented in our church, and I guarantee, Jesse, this will affect us in a very positive way, because, well, let's talk about sacred music. The church's sacred music are the wings that carry Christ into man's soul. Isn't that a beautiful statement, Jess?
0: Yeah. Remember that when you hear choir Mm. singing the jewels of the church's treasury of sacred music, you're a witness to a great moment. That's right. Culture is being changed and starved souls are being filled with God. Victor Hugo once remarked that a man has the power to make of his soul a sewer or a sanctuary. Music does too. Again, I like what this priest, Father John Parachrom, when he said in the beginning of the article, yep. that's, when Terry, that's when you had stepped out. Yep. He had said that there's an old axiom, lex arandi, lex credendi. Yep. Uh, you know, the law of prayer is the law of faith. That's right. But he added another one, which, which I like. It's beautiful. He says, lex cantandi, lex credendi, which is, we begin to believe the way we sing. Yep. And again, that's why I mentioned that, uh, you know, in the Catholic Church, we've had several uh, horrible musicians since the 60s. You know, Marty Hagen, David Haas, and I uh, forgot the other one. But uh, the, these people have much of the Catholic music that we've been listening to uh, in, in Holy Mother Church. It's been taken from these. Again, one was a Protestant. Yeah. Uh, the other was a practicing homosexual, and the third one is pro-homosexual. Terry, you think that their ideology is not going f- to color uh, the way they write music?
1: Of course it isn't. And this is why even young kids, we have a grandson who's two and a half years old. He's already pre- singing out loud, Ave, Ave, Marian hymns. You see, teaching him of the faith. And I would encourage two things, Jess, from today's show. Action items: One, don't let your kids go to public school. Okay, continue to look at that as corrupting you, especially when it comes to that transgenderism. Number number two, get the mundane music out of your house, replace it with sacred music. I remember Jesse, you did this when the kids were young. I remember you telling me. Mm Tell us what you actually did, Jess.
0: Yeah, Terry. What I started doing when the kids were young, I just started playing Gregorian chant in the evening you know, before they went to bed. <laughs> yep. And even when they were doing their studies, when they're doing their homework, I play. I would play like classical music. Yes. In the background, you know, Good classical job. music. Yes. You just put in the background as they're doing their homework and as they're and as they're studying. And uh, Monday through Friday, there was no television in the house. The only thing that they heard was Gregorian chant and classical music as they did their homework and uh, and attended their sports.
1: Well, that worked, brother. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jess, one more thing about uh, music, and that is we talked a little bit about the Aryan heresy. It seems to me that we have our own uh, music that teaches false teachings that are in the Catholic Church, and when we say that, warning, the music at Mass may be harmful to your soul, <laughs> what we mean by that is some of the songs we're singing don't support Catholic doctrine. And I think I gave the exact one at the beginning about Jesus is in the bread and the wine. They've been singing it for decades. No, that's not Catholic teaching. That's Lutheranism. We believe that Jesus Christ, truly God, truly man, is present under the appearance of bread and wine. So when you say he's in the bread and in the wine, that's not Catholic teaching. And see, these are examples of songs that affect the soul in a very negative way.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Marty Hogan is a Lutheran. He's a Protestant, and he's been singing in Catholic churches for decades. Yeah. In fact, he uh, he runs the Catholic church over in Minnesota. He's a, he's a music minister, and he writes most of, most of the music post-Vatican, too. Yeah. He's a Protestant. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. He's not formed in Catholic theology. No. And so we've been singing his hymns uh, for decades now. And uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, again, we've, we've been praying a price for it because this is exactly what uh, Arius of Alexandria did. To confuse people back in the fourth century, yep. he started writing heretical hymns, but they had a nice little 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 rhythm to it, a nice little you know it was nice a nice little beat. tune yeah. to it, beat yeah. And yeah. so people would start singing this oh, yeah. little ditty, and they would start repeating over and over again that Jesus Christ is not God. And so this is the way that Arius of Alexandria was able to promote his widespread heresy. But uh Terry, he's not the only person. Uh, who's who's warned us about bad oh, music? Yeah. I remember uh, 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 E. Michael E. Oh. Michael Jones okay, here. He, he wrote a book years ago. It's called Dionysius Rising. I remember that. Yeah, and he, it, it made a big stink in the Catholic Church because he called out a lot of the yeah. liturgical uh, you know musicians. Yeah, but E. Michael Jones says music acts directly on the soul. Disordered music leads to disordered lives, which leads to disorder in the state. and I'll I'll tell you who knows this more than anybody else and who actually planned this. Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan, the satanic high priest who's dead now and has gone to his eternal reward. Anton LaVey, you can watch him on YouTube with his son-in-law, Nicholas Schreck. They both said that the plot to subvert the human race for Satan is by using pop culture... Most especially through the manipulation of the human mind through music
1: and propaganda in politics. And Jesse, you remember Father Nortz from the Opus Angelorum. I'll oh, never yeah. forget giving you that article mm-hmm. uh, on music. He has it. Music on, and reality. Yeah, it's right on their opusangelorum.org website. You can actually contact them either by calling them at three three zero 9699900 nine, are going to www.opusangelorum.org Father Nortz's uh, his presentation on music was outstanding that's the first time i really heard something and read it and said wow that's man i this makes sense i see this is why it's so important here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio that we bring you these articles these this content to help you be well-formed because if you're not well-formed, how are you going to stay there? You go. It's up on the screen right now. Opusangelorum.org. This is one thing that Jess and I really feel strong about with the, with the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We want to get you there. the best in Catholic teachings, the Apostolic teachings. We're not interested in hearing people's personal opinions when it comes oh, no. to doctrine. Christ taught the doctrine. We need to live it. Yes. What state should we be? Living yeah. Hey, about? by the
0: way, tomorrow we're going to talk about the problem of oh. evil on tomorrow's that's, show. That's a whole man.
1: That's
0: a, yeah. That's a, that's a big topic. But uh, yeah, what state should we live? Is don't live in a, don't live in a state of evil. Amen. Live brother. in a state of grace. Don't How live do in a we do that, of, Jesse Romero? Don't live in a state of mortal sin. By living in a state of grace means you have friendship with God. That's right. Means that you are free from mortal sin. Yep. Means that you have a dedicated prayer life. You're receiving the sacraments it means that you're exercising a life of faith and it also means that you're even fighting against venial sin that's right so don't just say oh you know i could say you know bad words here and there when i see biden on television no 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 you even have to resist venial sin right.
1: life is yeah. short eternity is forever that's where our lady of fatima said souls are going to hell without because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices let's pray for our bishops also our leaders in the church because they're the ones who are holding this We're not in management, we're in sales. May God richly bless you and your family.